Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The latest in the Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator search, Brian Johnson, interviewing with the Browns today. Um, the Browns had requested to speak with uh, Chargers offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Apparently, they've been granted that, as Mary Kate Cabot just tweeting out just a little bit ago here. Um, that uh, Kellen Moore's interview with the Browns for their o- offensive coordinator position is going to be on Friday. So the names continue to roll in, and it'll be really interesting to see the reaction. From my standpoint, I'm just I'm more intrigued by how Browns fans are taking this in. I, I think the general idea of what the Browns are doing is it seems like they're building a collaborative oh – God, I'm starting to just use their words – they're starting to build kind of a supercharged offensive staff with a bunch of young, bright minds. And so I'm really intrigued to see how many hires there are, how they kind of line up. And obviously, we still have an eye on whether Bill Callahan will or won't be the offensive line coach. Initially, I really feared. The second Brian Callahan got that Tennessee job, I, I feared Bill was gone. That doesn't seem to be fait accompli. That seems to have cooled that concern. But obviously, we got the Jim Harbaugh stuff. He's going to the Chargers to be their head coach. Uh, they need to they need to find a a GM as well. And there's a, there's a rumor that they could be not rumor. There's a report that they could be taking from the Ravens front office uh, one of the uh, the trusted assistants of Eric DaCosta. So a lot up in the air right now. Oh, by the way, the conference championships in the NFL this weekend. And then we have that weird abyss in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, which I'm not looking forward to, but I am looking forward to this weekend. And I am looking forward to our next guest. We talk with him every single Thursday at 520, the great Albert Breer of the MMQB on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Albert, welcome to the show. What's up? Oh, just living in this weird world where Ohio State fans are somehow counting a victory because Jim Harbaugh went to the NFL. Just that. Yeah, yeah. Are you counting uh, it as well, a victory? Sorry, and I'm like, my bad. I'm just checking my phone again. It is like, it is, you know what's funny? It's like, so like I got a, I got a few text groups I'm on with my friends from school, and um, one of them yesterday was like, like, oh, well, this is great because now I can actually root for that, that the crazy bastard and really <laughs> enjoy the crazy bastard. And, uh, you know, it's weird because, like, I, and I was saying this to Keith off the air, like, I do feel like more Ohio State people actually, like, deep down, as much as they hated him the last nine years, kind of like a lot of things about the guy. And so now that he's out of Ann Arbor, it's like you can actually appreciate that, you know, which is um, which is kind of a funny way that that whole rivalry thing works, you know. So in terms of the overall process here, it felt like – from the time they won the national championship to the time he was announced as going to LA, it felt like the longest two week period or something about the two, two or two or three weeks. Why did the actual, cause it did feel like he was either going to the Chargers yeah. or he's going to, uh, going back to Michigan. 
why did this take that that you know two to three week time period when it, we kind of knew the players for the entire time of this process? Yeah, I just think as much as anything else, it's like you know his past experience, of course, and um, you know like some of the things that went wrong in San Francisco, and I don't think it was ever like money, although money's always a part of it. There's some back and forth there. I think more so, it's just um, you know, you go through it, and all right, like what's ownership's role going to be day to day? What's the owner's son, who is the president of football operations, John Spanos? How is he going to interact with me? Am I going to bring my own general manager? Are you going to pay my defensive coordinator to come with me from Michigan? Um, you know, I think it's a lot of things like that. It's, you know, am I completely comfortable with the infrastructure here? And are they going to be willing to invest around me to give me the best chance to avoid some of the things that went wrong at the end in San Francisco? And so I, I think that that sort of thing can take some time. And in the grand scheme of things, too, Nick, here's the thing. It's been, what, 10 days since they won the national title? Maybe a little more than that, right? Mm -hmm. 10 days? Yeah, it sounds about right. Or two and a half weeks, whatever it's been. But grand scheme of things, that's not that long. That's not that long a period of time. And, you know, again, I think a big part of it is just, like, vetting the whole thing and then getting a chance to um, really look under the hood and make sure you're comfortable with everything. Because, you know, obviously, based on his age and everything else, this could be, you know, the last run that he has of going and trying to win a Super Bowl. Albert, how should Browns fans feeling about adding Harbaugh to an already loaded AFC? Um, I mean, I don't – it definitely doesn't make things easier. Um, but I think, you know, with so many of these guys coming back next year, it was already going to be difficult. So you just sort of throw another log in the fire. I mean, you know, the Chiefs, the flawed Chiefs team is back in the AFC title game. There's a chance that a roster's better next year. Um, you know, Buffalo, you would assume, might be a little healthier next year than they were this year. Cincinnati didn't have Joe Burrow. He'll be coming back. Um, you know, the Browns themselves, you know, with Deshaun Watson's health and the health of their tackles, you know. Like, so, you know, I look across the conference, and obviously, like, we sit here um, with one more AFC game to go this year. And, you know, what we thought it was going to be isn't close to the reality, right? Um, but, you know, I, I – think like looking forward you knew what you were dealing with at the beginning of this year you assume with a couple of different twists and turns it's gonna be much more difficult next year than it was this year and it'll look a lot more next year like we thought it would look like this year and so i think adding harbaugh to that mix is just throwing another log in the fire albert Preer of the mmqb on the north homestead chrysler jeep dodge ram hotline um this is something I'm watching with a slight bit of paranoia. Should we expect Bill Callahan back in Cleveland at this moment? I think the I, I think the answer to that is yes. Now I think the answer to that is yes because they've invested more than three million dollars a year in him. Um, they've now lost their offensive coordinator in Alex Van Pelt, um, and I think based on like where the staff is and where Kevin have that staff when they start OTAs in May and just the health of that staff. And, you know, Alex is a really important piece of that whole puzzle, just as far as being kind of a glue guy there. I think losing somebody as important as Bill Callahan would be devastating. So I think they're going to do whatever it takes to keep him. Um, and look, like, I mean, I don't know, like one thing I can't say is how strong Bill Callahan's desire to get close with his kid would be. And, if, like, he goes into Kevin Stavansky's office and says, look, I really want to do this, maybe all this will be off. But I, I do get the 
I do do get the sense that Cleveland's going to do everything it possibly can to keep Bill Callahan on the staff in 2024. Albert, Brian uh, Johnson, the former Eagles OC, interviewing with the Browns today about their coordinator job. Uh, Kellen Moore, uh, according to Mayor Kate Cabot, will be interviewing on Friday. There have been a, a litany of names here. Is there a perceived favorite or a front runner for the Browns' offensive coordinator job at the moment? Yeah, you know, the name I was kind of keeping an eye on, and we'll see whether or not he goes in there to interview, is Tim Kelly. Um, you know, and, and Tim worked with Deshaun in Houston and had a really strong relationship with him. It's pretty well thought of. Was a tight coordinator last year, obviously. Um, you know, at the, obviously got fired as part of the, the purge there with Mike Vrabel. Um, but Tim Kelly was the one that kind of stuck out to me. And on top of that, Bill O'Brien, before he went to Ohio State, is guys who've had a lot of success with Deshaun in the past. Um, Kellen would 100% make some sense. Um, he's obviously called plays now for two different teams, and he's pretty well accomplished. He'd be kind of taking on a distressed asset there. Um, in that, like, he hasn't seen maybe quite the same way he was a year or two ago, but he's really accomplished. Um, so, like, I, I, like I, my, my, my feeling is, like, the, the, the reason for this move was because of people higher up than Kevin um, feeling like they had to do something to get a little bit more out of, Deshaun. So, you know, I think that's why you see the first two guys come in and Kellen Moore and Brian Johnson being guys who've been very focused over their careers in the quarterback position. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, we see some more guys in there who have actually had past experience with Deshaun on the field. Albert, one name that has already been uh, reported to have been hired by the Browns, if they have not been confirmed by the Browns, is new tight ends coach uh, Tommy Reese, who's formerly the OC yep. at Notre Dame and Alabama. And I'm just curious how that hiring has been received, considering they fired a guy in T.C. McCartney who just led David Njoku to his best season as a tight end. Yeah, and I think that one's fascinating. And I think it's uh, more than position position specific. It's a chance for Kevin Stefanski to get another guy who's got you know, creative mind in the building, you know, and obviously you have to find a place for him. So you make him the tight ends coach, but that was my perception of that move anyway, just from, you know, kicking over some rocks on it. And, um, you know, he will bring some ideas from the college level that I think can help you continue to evolve and build the offense. Um, I think it's also indicative of what's happening at the college game, you know, where like there are a lot of guys at that level who want to get to the NFL um, and in a lot of cases for non-football reasons, just because of the lifestyle now of college coaches with everything you have to do with the transfer portal and NIL and, and recruiting and how crazy all of it's gotten. Um, there are certainly a lot of coaches in the, at, the, at the college level who are looking to get to the NFL level. And, and this is a pathway to do it is, you know, coordinator going and becoming a position coach, um, you know, at the, at, in the NFL um, I, I think from that perspective, this will be just the start of a lot more of that in the years to come. Albert, I'm asking this question blindly. There's nothing behind it. It's 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 an honest question just based off the last two years, how things have gone for the Browns and Deshaun. Do we know if, if the relationship between the Browns and Deshaun has shown any signs of strain after what has been a pretty frustrating first two years together? I think things are okay right now. Um you know, I mean, obviously the pressure is going to be amped up next year um, and for obvious reasons, right? So they win um, 11 games and make it to the playoffs and, um, you know, do it with four different quarterbacks and do it with your know, fourth and fifth tackles. 
And so there's going to be a lot of pressure on everybody to match that next year if they have a healthier team. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on Deshaun to play well because if you look at it, right, like you know, we see how good the team is when, you, when you're able to play with you know, different types of quarterbacks and they're able to win with different types of quarterbacks. So, you know, ultimately that contract you gave Deshaun is because you think he can elevate people around you. And so, like, all right, like, let's see it now. Like, let's see where he can take a team that was clearly ready to win in 2023 when you're going into 2024. Um, you know, and, and, and the interesting thing about it, too, of course, is that you're going to be doing it with a remade offensive staff, which, you know, once again, like, I think is going to be, a, you know, about getting more out of Deshaun Watson, which only will amp up the pressure more on, um, on, 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 on Watson to play more like the player he was in 2018, 2019, 2020. Albert, the Browns have four finalists for NFL honors. Uh, Kevin Stefanski for Coach of the Year, Joe Flacco for Comeback Player of the Year, Jim Schwartz, uh, Jim Schwartz, not Jim Schwartz, uh, Jim Schwartz for uh, Assistant Coach of the Year, and Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year. Of those four awards, who do you think have, have has the best chance of winning those awards? So you said Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Assistant Coach of the Year, and what was the other one? Comeback Player of the Year. Um, so I think the comeback player of the year is going to be DeMar Hamlin. Um, I would say, I would say, I would say I'd feel most confident probably about Miles Garrett, although Kevin's a really good candidate too. Um, I, I think Miles Garrett's probably the one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think, you know, the level he played at the, the ability to take over a game, obviously we all saw what he did against Indianapolis, um, you know, that week. Um, and the fact, I think, you know, Schwartz said it himself to someone, maybe it was Peter King, I can't remember who it was, but said to somebody, like, this is the one player I've ever, one of three guys I've ever coached. I think one of them was Calvin Johnson. I can't remember who the other one was, where, like, everything the opponent does has to be based on the presence of that one guy, you know? Sort of says everything you need to say. And so it does feel like Miles Garrett's been knocking on the door, you know, of this for a while. And and this 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 like very much in a lot of ways, even though he didn't have the sack protect production down the stretch, was to me the year that he broke through and he deserves to have it. And so I would say Miles Garrett, but I wouldn't. I, I I'll put it this way: I would say both Garrett and Stefanski would be the favorites to win their awards. With uh, with Garrett, maybe a little bit a stronger, a little bit of a stronger favorite than than Stefanski is. Albert, getting back to the uh, the coaching side of things, uh, Raheem Morris is the new head coach in Atlanta. Yeah. Is, is Bill Belichick going to get shut out on this job cycle? I think there's a... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
a chance. Yeah, like it feels that way. Um, and that one's fascinating because I think that has as much to do with the infrastructure of the Falcons and what people around um, Arthur Blank wanted to do and what Blank himself wanted to do and you know, how all this stuff works. Um, yeah, I think Blank went into the process much wanting, very much wanting to hire Bill Belichick and very much wanting to see what he could do with the greatest coach of all time. And, you know, and then, you know, obviously the, the process plays out and I think the other people in the building, you know, it was, well, do we blow the whole building up, you know? And as time went by, you know, I think Arthur Blank was slowly kind of moved off of his spot by some people who, you know, quite frankly, might not have been there um, if Bill wound up getting the job. So I think that as much as anything else is what it was, was, and Raheem's a great quaint candidate. I think he's going to do an awesome job. But if you want to talk specifically about what happened with Bill, I think that was it, was that, um, you know, Arthur Blank went into it intending for Bill to be his guy and then got moved off of his spot by some people whose jobs might have been in jeopardy if Bill had gotten the job. Albert to Buffalo, I wanted to fire Sean McDermott myself on the fourth and five call at his own 30 in that game. Uh, it turned out to not matter because of the fumble out of the side of the end zone. I am curious, is Sean McDermott 100% safe moving forward this year with Buffalo? I think so, yeah. I mean, I don't think they would have put him, put him out there the other day, so I'm going to say yes. Um, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does on the offensive side. If he keeps Joe Brady, I assume he would because that's what Josh Allen wants. Um, and does he does he hire a defensive coordinator? You know, so I think there are still some moving parts there, but I expect Sean McDermott to be back in 2024. All right, getting it back to the Ohio State-Michigan thing, given how well this month has gone for Ohio State, and I don't say how poorly because Michigan's going to be just fine, <laughs> whether it's Sharon Moore or Alex Orgy as a quarterback, whatever, I'm curious, have we gone from it, it was simply um, beat Michigan or bust to now it's national title or bust for Ohio State? Yeah, I would say based on everything that they've um, put on, put, put into the program, um, what is it, seven, eight guys who are probably top 100 picks coming back to school, all those guys draft eligible, um, you know, going and getting, um, you know, going, going and getting Caleb Downs from Alabama, um, you know, going and getting Will Howard from Kansas State. It does feel like all those chips have been pushed into the middle of the table. Um so, you know, at the very least, beat Michigan, win the Big Ten. Um, I still think, like, if you look at this group and what they have and, and where they could go defensively, potentially, with the group that they have, and then if they can be good enough at quarterback, which is Ryan Day's specialty, and you bring in Bill O'Brien to help on that side, um, I think I think that they that like either they or Georgia are preseason number one. And in that sort of scenario, of course, it would be disappointing if you don't win the whole thing. Albert, you're the best, buddy. Appreciate you, and uh, enjoy the conference championship round this weekend. All right. Thanks, Nick. I, uh, I hope, uh, hope hope Dustin feels better. All right. I'll <laughs> let him know, buddy. All right. All right. And he did give us a specific name. I just think it's interesting. You know, we started the show when Daryl was here talking about, you know, who's the Jim Schwartz here of, of this. And to me, what Jim Schwartz was, he was proven as a individually as a defensive coordinator meaning his defensive units always outperformed expectations or met expectations in Philly and in Tennessee. He, um, he was a, a former head coach. And and then not only did he get the best out of players, his teams also won when he was a defensive coordinator or had moments like winning the Super Bowl. 
So you look at that, you've got a wealth of experience, you've got a, a track record you can trust, and you've got a guy who's also has the added advantage of being a former head coach. There really isn't that guy, at least as of right now, in in the conversation. I think there's a lot of interesting names. I think there's a lot of names that have traction around the NFL, like Kellen Moore's, and, and Mary Kay Cabot had it earlier this hour that uh, Kellen's going to be interviewing on Friday. He was the the Chargers OC last year. He's going to he was uh, Dallas's offensive coordinator for a couple of years and play caller. You know the 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 lure of that is the style of offense that he coached in both Dallas and and in in LA. The fact that he has been a play caller for I want to say three or four years of of his time in the NFL. The fact that he's young and the fact that he has an outside perspective on on this offense. So there's a lot of value there, even if you look at it and go, yeah, okay, but well, how the offense has gone the last two years? And how was the offense in Dallas? It got better when he went to L.A. That's, that's, that's the downside here. With Brian Johnson, we mentioned Brian Johnson, who apparently interviewed today. Brian Johnson's a guy that he was Dan Mullins quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator at Florida. He played, I think it was for Urban at Utah. If it wasn't for Urban, it was for uh, Kyle Winningham. And then he's, you know, he's been in the spread offense. He succeeded in college. And honestly, a one-year sample size, what the the big thing people are going to say is, well, he just got fired in um in Philadelphia. And what I would say is he was a first-time play caller taking over for a guy that got a head coaching job and just led them to Jalen Hurts' best season as an offensive coordinator. So I don't know it's fair to, to, well, he got fired. That's a gross oversimplification. I think anybody that you hire in this stretch, perceptionally, you're going to be able to pick apart. So I think if you're looking for a way to look at what the Browns are doing and try and gauge whether this is going to work or not, I think the better way is, is in totality, how do the pieces fit together? You know, you've got a guy like Tommy Reese as your tight ends coach who's got play calling experience in college. He was a uh, offensive coordinator at two major programs. He's 31 years old, and he's thought to be a really, as a former college quarterback, really, really bright X's and O's kind of guy. So what they do, and, and whether they split up the the offensive coordinator job and the quarterbacks coach, whether they uh, whether they go to passing game coordinator, run game coordinator, all that kind of stuff. In reality, I think we. I'm intrigued by every one of the names that even Ken Dorsey. I'm intrigued by the names. I'm not sold on any of the names. And, you know, the one name that Albert had kind of pointed out feels like that guy's going to be available, and it's uh, it's Tim Kelly, who was the offensive coordinator of Tennessee last year. He, I think the last year Deshaun was there, um, he was the the play caller for, for Deshaun. It's not the sexiest name. It's a guy who's been effectively fired twice in roughly four years. But where I think it makes sense is he has experience with Deshaun. He, he, has, he has coached in an offense that has gotten the most out of Deshaun, and this is another name that you can add to the conversation that might give Deshaun a 10% chance better because of that familiarity to be the best version of himself. This is a long-winded way of saying, I don't know that there's any name that is going to make all Cleveland fans do what we did all year long, which was I trust in Jim Schwartz. I don't know that there's the, uh, the Bill Callahan equivalent here, but I will say 
overall, I think the Browns' offensive coordinator search to this point has been very interesting. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.